SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Isn't it time you considered your source? Isn't it time you relied less upon how many black cats cross your path and more on expert analysis and valuable factual insights? Isn't it time you locked us in? Yeah, it's time. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, it's that time, folks. Welcome in. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, The Sports Grid radio network over the course of today's show i've got one guest and he's a strong one ski prophet a keen prophet going to join us this is a guy who literally moved to vegas to bet on nba and nfl and he's been out here a couple years now he's done fairly well Uh, i always enjoy uh, having ski prophet on the show we're going to break down today's two nfl playoff games we're also going to take a good look at the association bet on and bet against teams to look for moving forward. And perhaps Ski will give us a play that he likes for today's game before this show is through. But before we get to Ski Profit, I want to talk about losing at the Open today. And it's never any fun to talk about losing. I hate talking about losing. But as sports bettors, it's something we're going to go through. And it's something that you have to deal with. Look, I had a crappy weekend last weekend for NFL wildcard week. So this week, it's like, hey, <laughs> you know, uh, I've been great. I've done so well in every round. In fact, I was 9-0 and wildcard round going into last weekend. And I guess the Raiders were close, maybe. Um, Cowboys weren't that close. <laughs> uh, no, the Eagles weren't close. No, was not a, a good weekend for my clients and I. So I went over in the NFL last weekend. And I'm like, all right, let's get it, let's get it back in hoops this week. And boy, you know, good start to the week. And then the Washington Wizards. <laughs> all right. I watched a play MLK Day against Philadelphia. They blew them out. And the Wizards had all the makings of what I look for in the NBA at this time of year. A team that's been through the grinder when it comes to injuries and now Healthy rotations in play, star player in sync, role players in sync. I'm like, there's money to be made betting on the Wizards right about now. I'm going to ride them early on this streak. A lot of times we talk about riding streaks. Sometimes you get in a little bit late. (laughs) You know, you get in too late sometimes to ride some of these streaks. With Washington, I'm like, I'm seeing this early. I'm jumping in early. It's a bet on situation. They were minus one. Against Brooklyn, I decided to play them on the money line. I'm like, if they win by one, I want to cash this bet. It was only minus 115. So when you have a big bet, look, I'm a guy who watches every single night. I have the association on, or I have college hoops on. I watch during football season all day Saturday, all day Sunday. I'm a watcher. Uh, When you watch, you pick things up. And you pick things up that can be useful. Box score analysis is a piece of the puzzle. But I find, for me, watching the games gives me a little bit of an extra edge, as long as I can watch them impartially. So, having watched in Washington impartially earlier in the week, I'm like, I want to jump on this train. I want to get on these Wizards early 
And let's see if we can ride this out. So what happens? Uh, Washington falls behind. And they fail to play defense. They play a really crappy first half. Come out in the third quarter and it's just as bad. And then now they're down 16. Brooklyn's hitting. They're hitting everything before the break. But I'm confident. I'm like, this is a Wizards team that is literally playing for their season. They have to decide right here. Are we going to blow up the squad? Are we going to look for places for Bradley Beal? Or is this team a legit playoff squad? And when fully healthy, man, Washington's deep. They're talented. There's no reason to think for a minute that that's not a team capable of making the postseason. So here in this kind of a statement game at home against Brooklyn, I'm like, I'm going to bet them in-game. <laughs> I want more Wizards, you know. And the in-game stuff worked out great. I knew they were going to make a run. They made the run. They cut the lead to one. They got a stop. Final possession, down one. Here we go. I got them on the money line. <laughs> I got the Wiz on the money line. They've rallied all the way back. It's a big play. I'm trying to get right for my clients after a crappy. NFL weekend, and who's going to get it? I know Bradley Beal's going to take it right to the hole. You know, that's Beal's job. That's He's their closer, but nope. <laughs> Kuzma launches the three, and then Dinwiddie gets a second look, and they both miss. Now, if you hang out at casinos, you hear this every once in a while. Not every once in a while. It's a regular. You know, one time, one time. When you're sitting there, uh, you're doubling down. You know, you got your 11 against a dealer's six. But one time, you know, or at the poker table, you know, you're sitting there with ace-king and someone else got a pocket pair. You know, you miss on the flop. You're like, one time on the turn, one time on the river. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a guy who tends to get and go nuts <laughs> when I'm watching games. But I was going nuts watching this one. I was, I was one time, one time. Nope. Didn't happen. I screamed, and I lost. Rough night. And, of course, when you do what I do, you know, I, I talk. I'm someone who is a media personality. I also sell plays. That means my clients are actually spending money, <laughs> taking money out of their pockets uh, to buy my service. And when you screw them over, you lose on wild card weekend, you put out a big play, you got Wizards money line, yeah, lay the extra sets juice, and it doesn't come through. Yeah. Not a fun night. Now, what happens when you lose? This is the maybe the single most important part of handicapping. I usually give myself 15 minutes to calm down and wipe the slate clean. And this instance took more like an hour or two, but you gotta wipe the slate as clean as you can and move on to the next day. That's what we're gonna do here. Hakeem Profit coming up next, right here on Cover It. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Covering with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, The Sports Grid. A radio network. And I'm always excited to bring in this guy. I haven't talked to him as much as I would have liked this football season. We had him on regularly during basketball season last year. For whatever reason, during football season, didn't happen very much. But that doesn't mean that our good friend, Hakeem Prophet, a.k.a. Ski Prophet, at Ski Prophet on Twitter, isn't a guy who can break down the NFL. We're going to do that right here, right now. Two NFL games for Sunday. We're going to break them down, side total props. And we're going to look 
at the NBA. Ski, certainly an NBA expert, bar as good as anybody in the business. Ski Profit, my friend, welcome to the show. How are you doing this weekend? I'm doing well, Teddy. You know, it's always good to talk NBA and NFL with you. Uh, I know I'm mostly known as a basketball capper, but I do a little bit of football too, so looking forward to breaking down the games. Absolutely. Let's get uh, right into it. Again, you can follow uh, Hakeem. I don't ever call him Hakeem. We all call him Ski. Uh, <laughs> Ski Profit uh, at Ski Profit uh, on Twitter. Ski, uh, just a quick recap. Uh, wild card weekend last week, and obviously it was favorites and unders. Favorites go five and one, unders go four and two. If you were playing favorites with the unders, you probably had a pretty good weekend. And uh, I talked to a bunch of sportsbook guys this week uh, in town, and I got pretty much the same report from all of them, where it was, yeah, it was a pretty good weekend. <laughs> yeah, we did it all right. Uh, they were glad the game stayed under with all the favorites cashing, but there wasn't one particular game that was stood out as a nightmare for the house. There wasn't one particular game that stood out as uh, brilliant for the house, where they won all the bets. Um, it was one of the weekends. Yeah, we made, we made the book said we did okay, we did pretty good. Uh, that means that they won. <laughs> uh, give me your quick thoughts on what we just saw last weekend, wild card weekend, with the favorites and the unders getting the money. Uh, well, in my opinion, for the most part, uh, I think we kind of all saw what we expected. You know, uh, the Bills took care of business versus the Patriots. Uh, I, I kind of thought that would happen, you know, barring any weather conditions that the Patriots were able to take advantage of in the first matchup. So that wasn't too surprising to me. You know, personally, I thought the Bengals are a lot better than the Raiders. It's no secret. You know, I'm not a Raider fan at all. Um, I don't think that team is that good. Um so I wasn't surprised to see the Bengals, you know, beat them by margin. I was, however, surprised to see that game stay under the total. And it's just too many field goals. I want to say they kicked 11 field goals in that game. And <laughs> that was my one loss heading into Monday. So the card treated me well. Um, I had the 49ers over the Cowboys. Uh, liked how they've been playing to end the season and going into the playoffs. Um, and then Steelers and Chiefs. I, oh, I got I played the Chiefs first half in that game, and it didn't look great for about <laughs> maybe 20 minutes. Eight, yeah, 20 minutes, you know. But um, they pulled it out. They're up by, I think, maybe two touchdowns at the half, so I was happy with that. And then, you know, it came crashing down on Monday. I had the Cardinals plus the four. Kyler Murray looked absolutely terrible. Um, great game plan from the Rams. And, um, you know, I had a couple props to go along with the Cardinal side that didn't come through. So I have to do a little yeah. bit better this week. Avoid those bombs. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think – was there any player in Arizona that went over the total in anything in that game? I mean, whatever over props you played in Arizona, it didn't, didn't matter whether it's Murray passing, Murray rushing, Murray touchdowns, you know, Connor, anybody. You know, it, it made no difference. Everybody stayed under on everything for Arizona on Monday night. That was – uh, probably in that regard, a pretty good game uh, for the house. You talked about that field goal uh, prop and the field goal situation. Uh, I had a friend that recommended that, that said you got to bet both kickers over one and a half. You can get them both at plus price uh, for field goals, plus 110 and even money, or plus 110 and plus 120, I forget. Uh, but they're both slight plus prices for the field goals over one and a half. And, of course, uh, both the Raiders and Bengals had cashed that by halftime in a game that ended up Great staying under the total. Uh, what were you saying, Ski? Great bet. 
field goal bet in that game. Yeah, that was nothing, uh, a true field goal fest, but that's all rearview mirror. Now it's definitely worth noting the long-term trend for wildcard weekend is unders. Cashed four unders in six games this past weekend, and now that is 67% over the last 10 years if you just play every wildcard game under the total. Playoffs are different from the regular season, but the divisional round is different from the wildcard round. We have two NFL games for Sunday. Let's break them down. Side, total, props. We'll take our time here. We'll start with the first game, the Rams and the Buccaneers. As we speak, it's still a split line on this game. There's some two and a halfs out there with juice for Tampa. There are some threes uh, out there as well, many of those at even money. And, of course, as we speak, Ski, we still don't know, in my mind, the two impact injuries, the biggest Impact injuries for this ballgame. They have to do with Tampa's offensive line. Center Ryan Jensen tackled Tristan Wirfs against the L.A. pass rush. You don't want to play them without Jensen and Wirfs in the lineup. It makes an enormous difference, especially with a QB like Tom Brady, who isn't exactly going to scramble his way out of pressure. Here we are. We don't know if these guys are going to play. What can we do with the game now, not knowing whether Tampa Bay is going to have their full complement of offensive linemen in a game where they'll need them in order to be successful. You know, this is, I feel a couple of different ways about this game here. Um, number one, we saw how great the Rams pass rush was versus the Cardinals. You know, I don't think we're going to see that same kind of deal versus the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, he's a guy who, I mean, he knows what the defense is going to do before every single snap. He knows where he's going with the ball. You know, Kyler Murray just looked lost out there. So I think, you know, I definitely want those guys in. But even if they're out, I think there will be a, a solid game plan. And I would trust Tom Brady in that scenario. And just to take it, you know, a step further, I'm not really sold on what Matt Stafford did and, and the Rams did in that one game. You know, the offense was put in a lot of um, good positions, like getting the ball at midfield a couple times, not really facing any adversity. So in a game versus you know, the Buccaneers defense, I think it's a lot tougher. Up until that game, Matt Stafford had been playing really poorly. He threw uh, the previous three weeks, I think he threw seven interceptions, had two fumbles. So, you know, I'm expecting a, a big interception from Matt Stafford. If I have to choose which quarterback I trust more, I mean, obviously it's going to be the GOAT and Tom Brady. So, you know, I think they have enough weapons still between Evans, Gronk, et cetera. If you're giving me the GOAT just to win, you know, at this short price, I like the, the Buccaneers to win. And as far as the total, I probably would play it over. You know, the Buccaneers at home, I've been a scoring machine in the matchup earlier this season. I want to say the Bucks put up a big number um, against the Rams. And I could see, you know, maybe the Rams taking a little bit of advantage of the Bucks secondary. So I like points in this game. I like the Bucks in this game. And um, I think the Bucks have a chance to win the NFC. So when we look at the four quarterbacks playing today, you know, playing here on Sunday, you have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Matthew Stafford. I'm with you. Stafford's the weakest of the four. And yet I had an argument or maybe a conversation <laughs> with a friend earlier in the week who was saying Matthew Stafford is one Super Bowl win away from being a Hall of Famer. When you look at his career numbers and the fact that he played all those years in Detroit, and if he can have success 
in L.A., this guy could end up being, uh, you know, a guy who's enshrined uh, in Canton. Agree or disagree? I would disagree. I'm not a Matthew Stafford hater. You know, I talked about how he's been performing recently. But, I mean, obviously he's going to have a lot of yards. I mean, a lot of those games he played in versus Detroit were, you know, comeback games where they're down by margin. He has to do nothing but sling the ball. So, I get it. He's going to have the numbers. But, um, obviously, I mean, I don't really see him having success. If he did, maybe we can have that argument. But I wouldn't put him up there. (laughs) We'll have plenty of arguments before uh, this show is through. Uh, Ski, you and I are going to break down the Bills and the Chiefs. We're still going to talk a little Rams, Bucks, props, and NBA discussion as well. Cover it continues after these brief commercial messages. Please stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Don't miss anything from our programming. Go to Twitter and follow us at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV to stay informed all day long. You'll see clips, breaking news, updates, and pretty much everything else at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And you can follow my guest today, Akeem Prophet, at Ski Prophet. That's S-K-E-E, like ski ball. At Ski Prophet. On Twitter, he is a really good follow. We were talking Rams Bucks before the break, and you know, debating as to how good Matthew Stafford is, which is still very much a debate. And you can—he's one of these guys you can count on one or two oh, agony throws every game. The question is whether Tampa is able to take advantage of those, or whether those end up hitting the turf. But Stafford on a list of QBs to trust. He's not particularly high on Milas, though I do trust him a little bit more in warm weather than I would in a cold weather location. Ski, are there any props you're looking to highlight for Rams, Bucks? Any player props, any team props? What are you looking for prop-wise when it comes to the Buccaneers and L.A.? Uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest. I do love a prop in the next game that we'll talk about. Uh, if I have to look at props in this game here, you know, the most appealing to me, I just think when you, when you put Matt Stafford up against a little bit of pressure and he, he didn't receive any of that pressure last week, you know, he's going to make mistakes. And he's made, like I said, nine of the mistakes uh, the past three weeks before, you know, wild card round. I'll be betting on him to turn the ball over. So if you're getting a Matt Stafford interception prop without too much juice, that's the way that I would look. Other than that, uh, myself, you know, if you're one of the people like me who like the Bucks to win the game, I think you go ahead and you know put a little bit on the Bucks to win the NFC. Uh, the best price that I saw was plus two sixty, and obviously you know if they make it out of this game, you have another chance to hedge it in the next game. But it's a solid bet. I could definitely see Tom Brady making it to another Super Bowl and even winning another Super Bowl. Sure, and I'm I'm looking to to bet against LA's running back Cam Akers under is one that stands out to me. Then again, this is from a guy that bet on the Eagles last week. But my thought process on the Eagles last week was, hey, Philly's going to be able to run the football in this game. And Philly couldn't run the football even a little bit in that game. Tampa front seven pretty well dominated with Levante David back in the field. Yeah, maybe some Cam Akers props under, especially after that big game on Monday night against an Arizona team that they didn't look mentally ready. Uh, They really didn't uh, ski. 
I'm with you on that. I mean, Buccaneers for the past few years have been really solid against the run. I mean, the only way I'm really looking for L.A. to score in this game is, you know, taking advantage of the secondary whenever they can. So Cam Akers under, I like that prop. Let's shift our focus to the Bills and the Chiefs. These two teams played already this year. And I'm not going to call it an instant classic. It was kind of a blowout because KC turned the ball over four times uh, in that contest and failed uh, repeatedly in the red zone <laughs> against uh, Buffalo. 38-20, to the Bills went into Arrowhead and won once already this year. Here's my question. Now it's the playoffs. <laughs> They've been dancing around in the postseason the last couple of years. Is Buffalo ready to go into Kansas City in January at night at Arrowhead and win the game? Because that's what they're going to have to do, likely, in order to cover this point spread. Talk to me. Bills, Chiefs, Sunday night football. Yeah, well, there there is a couple of different ways I like this game. And, you know, the first way I'm going to talk about it is the total. And it's just very hard for me to see either team really stopping each other. Um, Kansas City's defense, I, I just don't think they're trustworthy. And Patrick Mahomes, you know, really versus any defense, has shown he's capable of putting up points. A total of 54, I just can't help it. It's probably square, but I can't help but see fireworks between both of these teams. And as far as the point spread, um, how many times, you know, I keep looking at it, but how many times are you going to get Kansas City in a minus 130 where they just have to win the game? But still, you know, what I ended up doing in this game, I teased the Buffalo side up, and my thought process is, honestly, whoever was getting the points here, I would tease them up because I can't see either team winning by more than a touchdown. It's a game where I see both quarterbacks battling it out. punch by punch, and whoever has the ball last wins the game. So with that in mind, um, I'll take the Buffalo Bills over a touchdown on the teaser. I'll take the game over the total. And there's a prop. I mean, I like it's gone up a little bit, but I still think, you know, it's a winner. I bet Josh Allen rushing yards over 47 and a half. He's hit that the past four weeks, um, really getting over 60 yards in each game. He's hit it the last matchup versus Kansas City. And, you know, honestly, throughout the entire year, whenever the Bills have been expected to be in a close game, and a close game meaning, you know, they're not winning by two scores or more or a big favorite like that, he's gone over this rushing yards prop. So I, I like him again today. I think at 53 and a half, you know, he's probably going to get to 60 plus. I certainly wouldn't talk you out of that, Josh Allen, someone who's capable not only, <coughs> excuse me, the key with Josh Allen is when he gets into space. His runs aren't a little 11-yard scampers and run out of bounds. You know, he ends up ripping off big chunks of yardage with a single run. Josh Allen get uh, more than half of that with a single scramble out of the pocket. KC does have a pass rush, which is likely to force Allen to make some plays with his feet. So that's one that makes a whole lot of sense. So you talked about the over here, and I'm going to ask you two questions. Between these two teams, they had 13 scoring drives last week. All 13 of those scoring drives were touchdowns. Are you worried at all about the red zone efficiency not being what it was a week ago? And there's a, the second question is a long-term angle. This is one of these Ralph Michaels angles that I love to bring up because you know they're, they're not team-specific, they're league-wide. And there was never in the history of the NFL postseason two teams that both scored 40 the previous week. 
But when you have teams that both scored 35-plus the previous week, 13-2 and two to the over. Oh, sorry, to the under. Let me make that clear. 13-2 and two to the under in the next playoff game that they play. Does that concern you here, that the, long, that the trend is towards the under and that both these teams did nothing but score touchdowns, not field goals, last week? Um, you know, it's interesting to hear that trend when I hear it. You know, my mind goes to how I kept basketball, and a lot of times, you know, I think about it the same way. Like if a team, you know, shot bad in the previous game, like 25% from three, I'm obviously going to expect them to shoot better in the next game. It sounds like it's, you know, kind of the same kind of deal, but in football terms. In this game, to answer your, your first question about the red zone, I'm not really worried about it because I think both offenses are better than the defenses in this game. I think both coaches know, you know, who they're going up against. And you're not going to win this game by kicking field goals. I think it's a game where, you know, it's more more times than not, they're going on fourth down, um, having an extra down to get that touchdown. So, like I said, I trust both offenses. It's not going to worry me too much. And as far as uh, what you said about the Ralph angle, um, no, I just, you know, I trust both offenses. That's just what it comes down to. I don't think either defense is great. And, of course, this uh, when Tredavious White got hurt, the Bills uh, all-pro cornerback, he got hurt, it had to be November. And we're all saying, oh, this is a huge deal for Buffalo. This is a huge deal for Buffalo. And then it didn't end up matter, mattering at all. But when you take a look at the opponents the Bills have played down the stretch, weren't a whole lot of teams that have a good downfield passing game, wasn't a whole lot of stuff quarterbacks with the caliber of Patrick Mahomes. Do you worry at all that Buffalo's strength of schedule against opposing passers has been so weak this year playing up against an elite passer like Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Tredavious White, a big deal. And, you know, I don't think their defense or secondary, you know, has been that good. Uh, I was talking to our good friend Rob Vino this morning, and that's kind of, you know, his big point as to why he thinks the Chiefs are, you know, going to score even more points than what we think here. So, you know, Bill's defense, I mean, they've kind of been that same kind of team, kind of like I want to compare them to the Ravens. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like they really, really beat up on those bad teams. And like you mentioned, uh, when they play competition, um, they maybe struggle a little bit. So now that you mentioned it, Teddy, I heard it twice today. You know, it does <laughs> make me nervous as far as the Bills side. But I still think, you know, with the teaser protection, um, getting over a touchdown is still safe. So let me ask you this. You talked about Tampa as a potential team that you might want to put a future bet on right here. Um, are any of these four teams playing on Sunday going to the Super Bowl? Are any of them going to win it? If you're making a future bet now, would you rather make one to win the conference or to win it all? And you talked about Tampa as a team you're looking at. What about Buffalo KC? Would you consider either one of those squads? we got just about a minute before the break. Yeah, so I did, you know, I, I really do like Tennessee this weekend. And so I, I played them and I also played them just like you always mentioned, Teddy. If you like them in the future, Mark, you like them to win that game. So I, I took them to win the AFC plus 306 thinking, you know, they come in here to take care of the Bengals. And if they play Kansas City, you know, you beat Kansas City by running the ball on them. They're definitely capable of doing that with uh, Derrick Henry. And I think Tennessee also matches up pretty well with Buffalo. So I can always come back next week and think about hedging it. 
But if I do see Tennessee next week, you know, getting a touchdown versus either one of those teams, that's the side that I'll be on. So I played them to win the AFC at plus 306. I mentioned earlier I played the Bucks to win the NFC at plus 260. And I also, you know, my thought process here was I think the Bucks and Packers win this weekend. I think one of them is coming out of the NFC. If you play both of them, Bucks plus 260, Packers plus 150, um, one of them has to win for you to have profit. So that's what I'm on. Ski profit, breaking down the NFL. We'll switch to NBA discussion after this brief commercial message. Please stay tuned. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So I'm not one of these guys, and this happens every year for a Super Bowl. I'm not one of these guys that can go like two hours talking about the same game or talking about one game in 40 different ways. Uh, and the Super Bowl weekend, you always can do that. We will have extended Super Bowl discussion here on Cover with Teddy Covers. Don't worry. Uh, I'm going to bring in, uh, hope to bring in Rex Byers from the Westgate. Uh, he'll talk about all the props and where they expect the action. That should be a, a real good show. But I can't sit here day after day, break down the same game, <laughs> the same couple of games over and over again. Which means, Ski, that you and I get to turn our attention right here to the association NBA now past the halfway point. Let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Who's your favorite team this year? Um, favorite team? You know, that's a little bit different as far as my favorite versus who's putting money in my pocket. <laughs> your favorite team's the one that's putting money in your pocket, I would think. <laughs> We're not talking about the Lakers. Be. I know you're a Lakers fan. Your favorite okay, team okay. this year, other than the Lakers, is blank. Okay, well, I'll say, you know, it's going to be teams who are consistent teams. You know, I know what they're going to do night in and night out. And one of those teams will be Houston Rockets. Uh, they're consistently not going to play a lot of defense, going to play up tempo, and their games are going to have a lot of points. So, you know, they've been pretty decent over team this year. Um, I can pretty much pick out, depending on the matchup, when they're going to score a lot of points. So I've loved them. And other than them, you know, flip it on the opposite side. I like Dallas because, you know, they do nothing to go over under the total. You have a lot of guys nowadays, they see these low numbers, they bet the opening numbers up and up and up, and I don't know how they get there, why they're doing it, but Dallas just continues to go under. So those are two that I love. You know I love betting totals. Sure, and Dallas, they talk about an under trend that no one's paying attention to. Heading into the weekend, the Mavs 14-1 and to the under, their last 15 home games, and yet – doesn't seem to me like anyone's paying any attention at all. <laughs> yeah, certainly not in the betting markets where we continue to see over money uh, for Dallas. You talked about teams that you've been able to get a good read on for totals. Teams that are your favorite teams this year. Who's your least favorite team? What team just can't you get right? Oh, wow. So I have two separate answers for this one here. Um, teams that I cannot get right, you know, it seems like Whenever I bet the Celtics, they, yeah. and this is, I feel like it's not even just this year. It's maybe the past two years. But whenever I bet the Celtics, um, they no-show. And whenever, you know, I leave them alone, they decide to come out and play. So I hate that about the Celtics. As far as teams that, you know, I probably will avoid or teams that I don't want my money on, I've been avoiding the Pacers and the Hawks. And I know, you know, Pacers have covered a couple games lately. But I just don't like the situations that are going on there. 
for Indiana, you know, they want to break it up. Um, doesn't seem like they really enjoy playing with each other. And until they some they make a trade or maybe a new coach or whatever the deal is going to be, I'm not interested in backing the Pacers. As far as the Hawks, you know, same kind of deal. Last year, Trey Young and John Collins, you know, were kind of getting into it. This year, even more so, showing that those guys don't like playing with each other. Uh, they're trying to kind of blow that team up. So I don't want any parts of Atlanta either until they figure out what's going on with their situation. And, uh, yeah, those two I'll avoid. So this season, uh, there have been six really good point spread teams. The Grizzlies, the Cavaliers, the Thunder, the Bulls, the Warriors, and the Hornets. And that uh, kind of goes through the gamut. You know, the Thunder is still a lottery team. Warriors could win the title this year. Hornets a playoff, a fringe playoff contender. Cavs are, uh, and Grizzlies both now uh, with a chance to get home field, uh, uh, home court, I should say, in the opening round, which is something that neither squad has done. So it really is, you can't say this type of team is good ATS. These are the particular teams. Now, most of them are smaller market squads. You know, Grizzlies, Cavs, Thunder, Bulls, Warriors, Hornets. You know, you're talking about OKC, you're talking about Cleveland, you're talking about Memphis, you're talking about Charlotte, not uh, the places that are on TV every week or get a ton of mainstream media attention. Out of those six, which do you think continue their ACS, uh, point spread success, ATS success, and which ones do you think are primed to come back to earth over the second half of the campaign? Memphis, Cleveland, OKC, Chicago, Golden State, and Charlotte. Okay, good question here. Um, I would say the Bulls, for one, you know, it hasn't really mattered who they've been playing, who's been in and out of the lineup. But just looking at, you know, what's kind of going on over there right now, Lonzo Ball is out, Levine is hurt. They've been without Williams for a while. I just think, you know, at some point, these injuries are going to start to mount up. Um, luckily, they did get Caruso back, but that would be probably one team I think is a little bit too injury riddled to keep up the point spread success. Um, the next team that, if I have to pick one who probably won't continue, would be the Grizzlies. And a lot of it would be for the same reason. But um, first thing I'll say about the Grizzlies, you know, they already went on this big point spread straight up win, uh, winning streak. So the books, you know, they're they're not going to be underpricing them. They're looking to overprice the Grizzlies. And now you have the Grizzlies without Dylan Brooks. You have the Grizzlies without um, Desmond Bain, who's the most improved player candidate. And, yep. you know, I just see them not healthy. And I don't want to bet on that team uh, not healthy like that And when, when everybody is looking at them to bet on them. So I think they'll go backwards. And the rest of them will probably be pretty good. I would specifically point towards the Hornets at home. I think that's been the spot where they've had the most success throughout the year. And the Thunder, you know, nobody ever really wants to bet the Thunder. Um, if you're getting big numbers with them, I think they're consistently a good bet. And the Cavaliers, I just like the way the roster is set up. They have the trees and uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley to protect the paint. And Darius Garland, he's playing really good basketball right now. So I like what the Cavs are doing on the court. I think they can continue. And the Warriors, I think that was another team mentioned, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they're going to get healthier once Draymond is back in the lineup and, you know, Clay Thompson is back in rhythm they will be a bet on team again. They're just, they've been tired lately. The coaches mentioned it. I think lately they've had a stretch where they played in uh, six games in the past nine days. So once they get healthy, um, they'll start to find their rhythm and be a bet on team again. 
Yeah, and we talk about uh, some of these teams. It's so funny. Um, certainly, Darius Garland, 10-1 to 1 right now as the NBA's most improved player. I think that's maybe worthy of a look if you're into that type of future wager. Uh, but it's like Memphis. Their most important player is John Morant. But from a point spread perspective, the most important player is Desmond Bain. For the Warriors, uh, Steph Curry's my MVP right now. You know, I don't, I don't think it's close. I mean, the Warrior Embiid, a Curry or Embiid, and I, I, I'd give it to Curry. The Warriors are a better team with a better record. And yet, the key to betting Golden State is Draymond Green, not Steph Curry. So, a kind of unique circumstances uh, with some of these teams. Um, let's talk about the bad, the Hawks. You said you're not betting that squad until we're otherwise proven. Lakers, Blazers, Nets, Kings, Nuggets, all. 40% or lower against the spread full season. Any of those teams you think offer bet on potential moving forward? Or is Atlanta, L.A., Portland, Brooklyn, Sacramento, and Denver going to continue to burn their backers' money? This is tough. Um, this is tougher than the last question for sure. So if I have to pick teams here to maybe trend upwards, it would be the Nuggets, you know, they've been missing a lot of players throughout the year. At some point, and I want to say around March, I think you're going to see Jamal Murray back on the court again. And he's going to be a big piece. You know, if he's healthy, he can be like how he used to be to this Denver team having success. Because Jokic, you know, he, he's doing all he can. He just needs a little bit of help out there. So I think the Nuggets, for some time in the second part of the year, will be a bet on team. The Blazers, and this one is really tough for me because – I mean, going back as far as I can think, the Blazers never play any defense. But they've been, like, they've been a little more terrible than usual usual lately. <laughs> and um, I just think it's because they haven't been healthy. You know, you look at them now, they got a lot of guys back. Everybody minus Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons has shown he's more than capable of stepping up. You get C.J. McCollum getting healthier, getting back in the mix. I like that. So I think their offense will get better, and they'll be able to overcome some of their defensive woes. So if they're catching points, you know, in the near future, I think the Blazers can be a bet on team. Other than that, I'm not looking to bet the Hawks. Um, I have to do go old school and do standards on the board. I will not bet the Lakers. I will not bet the Lakers. So I'm not looking at them. And the Nets, you know, they're unhealthy as well. KD is going to be out for, you know, who knows how long. And they're only better ball on the road when you have Kyrie and where they've shown that they can play all year. So, I think that's going to continue. I don't think you'll make money if you bet them at home and on the road. And the Kings, I'm just not a big believer in what they have to offer. If you want to bet the Kings, just back Halliburton. <laughs> Halliburton on the props, not the Kings, plus the points. Just a few minutes left here uh, with a Ski Profit. Ski, do you have any suggestions for newbie NBA bettors? How do you get started at profitability? There are so many new bettors. Obviously, New York just legal. Uh, you know, the, this month, um, lots of people trying to bet the association for the first time. What advice would you give them? Yeah, this is a, a very good question. And um, I, I think, number one, there's a lot of things that are important. But number one, I think you should track your plays. Like, actually either write them down or put them in your spreadsheet, however you want to do it. And that way, you know, you can see where you're making your mistakes. Like, how are you going to correct the mistakes you're making if you're not over, if you're not looking at them, you know? So that's kind of what has helped me over the years. Um, I can see maybe I'm, I'm looking at these situations wrong or I need to look at this one differently. So that's number one. Number two, um, obviously, bankroll management. 
there's a lot of people who can go out and, and pick games correctly. They just, you know, they don't know how to manage their bankroll. Number one, you don't overbet your edges. If you go out here and you bet, um, what, 10 units on one game and you lose, it's going to take forever for you to try to go back and make that 10 units without trying to double up. And that's how you get yourself into trouble. So bankroll management is number two. And and a big part of that is just, you know, understanding what kind of better you are. Some betters do this for a living. They're looking at their bankroll over the course of the year and, you know, they're just managing that bankroll. Some other people do it, you know, for fun. And if their bankroll is gone, you know, they're just going to replace it. So understand what kind of better you are. And lastly, or maybe not lastly, but I'll, I'll be quick. One more important thing is just focus on making good bets rather than the number of bets. I think that's the most important. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. There's a lot of people, when you first start betting, you tend to make a few too many bets, perhaps. Um, but as long as you're betting small, you can go through your growing pains. So my biggest advice to beginning bettors, bet small. Five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks. Enough so you notice it. But not enough is going to make a difference in your day or your week or your month. And once you start showing signs of profitability, that's when you start saying, let's bet a little bit more. Hakeem Profit, talk to me about where folks can find you, what kind of shows you do. We got less than a minute before we got to get you out the door. Yeah, I just really want to say, even what you just said, you know, just focus on making good bets. If you make one bad bet, you know, or, or if you make 10 bad bets, you know, if you're making bad bets, period, it, it just is going to kill you. So focus on making good bets. Where you can find me, I mean, all my work is on Twitter, Profit. I do work at WagerTalk. I'm a contributor for Spotify Greenroom. Um, my last, I've been doing pretty well in the NBA. My last 287 plays, I'm hitting about 57%. And if I stayed away from my Lakers, it probably would be closer to 60%. So um, check me out, and hopefully we can continue to have success. Great stuff. From Ski Profit at Ski Profit on Twitter. Thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk to you again another time. When we come back, yeah, I'll give you a bettable opinion for tomorrow's NFL. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers. Remember, if you missed any portion of today's show, get it in podcast version. Lots of people listen to that, download the podcast and consume it at their convenience. Any major podcast outlets look for Cover It with Teddy Covers. And of course, all, I think every show I've ever done is archived. Uh, back in the archive. So if you want to go back and hear what I was saying about the Super Bowl last year, if you want to uh, find a guest from last summer, you want to make fun of some of my preseason NFL predictions, uh, you can go back in the archive, check out any previous episode. Again, just look for Cover It with Teddy Covers. And simplecast.net is where all the older versions are archived. Ski Profit came in and gave us some pretty good analysis on today's NFL football and I want to talk about one of two choices for a game that right now I don't have the injury information that I want in order to make my wager. We'll have that information before kickoff. 
but this is getting recorded well before kickoff. I don't know if Tampa is going to have a healthy offensive line. Worfs and Jensen really matter against L.A. So it's real simple for me with the Bucks rams I'm going to wait until before <laughs> kickoff. I'm going to find out if those two guys are playing. If they're playing, the play is Tampa Bay minus the two and a half slash three. If they're not playing, the play's on the under. 48, widely available uh, as I speak. And we are talking about two, not good defenses, two Super Bowl caliber defenses in a total that's going to take seven touchdowns to get it over. So the Bucs don't have an healthy offensive line. We look under. If the Bucs do have a healthy offensive line, we look Tampa Bay. And that's going to wrap it for Cover It this week. Best of luck. Enjoy the games. Thank you so much for taking time. And if you're busy today to hang out with me and the Sports Grid gang, we'll do it again next week. So between now and then, enjoy the games and good